Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ask OTC, the show where we answer all of your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dotton Adibayo. I'm Adi Brassel. And I'm David Cartledge. Before we get into your questions for Ask OTC, we are just hearing the news that Paul Pogba has had his ban for testing positively for testosterone upheld, a ban of four years. And I'd like both of your thoughts on this one. It's really sad. It's really sad. Um, That's because, the override feel, isn't it? Yeah. The sadness, I think, this. Because I, th- I think without getting into the weeds of how it happened, it's, it's clear that he's been making an enormous effort to to try and get back. He didn't go on holiday last summer to try and get himself fit to prove he could do it with Juventus all over again. When they would have been quite happy to see the back of him because they're paying him a fortune. He's, he's, he's not playing, obviously, which is not his fault, but, you know, it's the financial reality of it. But in a way, David, it's, it's felt like Pogba's career has almost been over for a couple of years because the last couple of years have been so difficult for him on and off the pitch. Obviously, everyone knows the personal stuff that he's he's had to, he's had to deal with, but also um, on the pitch, he, he's just struggled to be fit and I, I just wonder if like when we look back at his career will we see the 2018 World Cup as not just a high point but almost the end yeah which makes it even more sad yeah <laughs> um, yeah there's going to be a lot of that debate I think in the next few days or weeks or so um, you know if you if you look at his actual you know CV 10 club trophies a World Cup a Nations League as well young player of the tournament at that very 2018 World Cup. Um, oh, he's brilliant at the 18 World Cup. He was, he was astonishing. 
He really was. Played well beyond his years, I thought. He was almost play, playing in a vintage manner. Mm. He was Rolls-Royce of a, a midfielder, the way that he moved. And yeah, I think we'll look at him as well. Like just such a very interesting player, just in, in terms of to watch as well. We, we, we're talking about a big lad here, but my word, he his grace that he played with was quite something. Yeah, and I think because he was fated from such an early age before the first spell at Manchester United, when he came through the very, very good academy at Love, I think because of that, his his reputation almost overshadowed what he did on the pitch. Like People expected something completely different from him than what yeah. he actually produced. And sometimes he wasn't always in the best situation to produce that. So I think you go back to say the, the key points for me are the 2015 Champions League final. He has a great 14-15 for Juventus. And then directly after the final, Juventus's midfield starts falling apart. You, you have like big players leaving, aging, moving on. So you think he was surrounded at one point by um, Pirlo, Marchisio, Arturo Vidal, and all of a sudden, after they've got to the, the Champions League final in 2015, which should be their building block onto the, the, the next stage, some of those guys go and it's like, right, okay, you have to lead the midfield now. And for the start of the next season, for the start of 15-16, he's like, whoa, okay, right, I have to lead this midfield of one of the best teams in Europe. And so Juventus get back to the Champions League final in, in 2017. By that point, obviously, Pogba's gone because that is the second part, really. The fact that he makes the choice to go back to Manchester United, which it turns out is a really bad choice because, well, I think we could say with more recency bias that Manchester United are, have not been the best at developing players over the last couple of years. And this is a crucial stage in his career at which he needs to be developed. And part of that is the fact that they pay a world record fee for him and never build the team around him. Mm. They always go, can you fit in here? Can you fit in here? Can you fit in here? And whereas he, he comes with the fanfare, it, it feels to me that he's so capable in so many ways. He's an articulate bloke, speaks several languages, heart and soul in the dressing room. As David says, looks like an absolute prince on the ball. Well, physically. I, I, yeah. Yeah, yes, that is, that as well. He looks like a man before he is a man. I think a bit, of a, think a, so bit much, of a unicorn player. Yes. He's a unicorn almost. Very, I, yeah. I think so much of that lends us to think that he's brilliant. He'll just sort it out. Let's just stick him in the team. Oh, He'll sort yeah. it out. Where has he had the guidance? Where has he had the encouragement? Where has he had people looking after him to properly develop it? You know, even someone like Leo Messi, for example, he needed Guardiola to come in at Barcelona and go, right, let's ditch Ronaldinho. Let's ditch Deco. Let's get rid of those negative influences. Let's even after I've spent an absolute fortune, we've, as a club, have spent a fortune bringing in Zlatan. Let's bin Zlatan so you are able to flourish in the position in which you wanted. Has Pogba had any of that? I'm not convinced. No, I, I, I don't think so. And like you say, I think this is... And look, I mean, we're talking about Pogba at Man United here. Man United still having those problems. Yeah. And Pogba's long gone. They still haven't found that structure. They, haven't, they still haven't found that unit that allows players the platform to succeed. I don't think he ever really had that money Iad. And yeah, there was a lot of criticism in, uh, of him as well and what have you like that. But I think he was another one of those players who really suffered there. Um, and yeah, it is honestly, I, I really can't get away from the feeling that this has been sad considering how good 
at his very best, he was he was really, really special. And this might be it now. Well, thank you both for that. This one from Morgs. What is Paolo Dybala's ceiling and does he need to leave Roma to achieve it? Andy? Well, I think this is a question that's posed very much in the light of Paolo Dybala's hat-trick uh, for Roma against Torino on Monday. And when Dybala takes over a game like that, it's so easy to be convinced. When he's like that, he's up there amongst the best players in the world. Um, you realise that, well, he's just not played more for Argentina because Messi's ahead of him. You know, he is someone who, if he could play like that for Roma every week, would make them top four contenders and maybe if they could lock it down around him a little bit more. However, Nicky's talked about it on the show before, the fact that Roma are where they are, which is nearly but not quite in terms of Champions League, as, as we speak, with four points off their four points off a Champions League place. Um, part of that is because the players who they've got are excellent players with, in some cases, questionable fitness records. Him being the premier one of those. So when I, I talked about it on, on, on Twitter, just as it was happening, and so many people got in touch to say, oh, I wish Dybala played for my club, or oh, can Spurs have another run at Dybala this summer? Yeah. Well, they shouldn't. Because when he's at his very best, he's exceptional, but he is basically made of glass. So what is his ceiling? A glass ceiling. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. Because you look at him, he's, he's heading, heading towards his 30s, I don't really think his ability to get fit, stay fit, is essentially going to change going forward. And that is why he's at Roma. I think, you know, I think there was, it was mooted for quite some time that he might join Inder. Um, and I think as interesting as that move would have been, you look at it now and just say, would he work if he went there? Would it, you know, would he elevate them? Would it fit for them, their style and what have you? It might be a bit too aggressive on his body I think potentially mm. the way that they play yeah and he might have just found a nice home here in Roma um, that he isn't playing with all respect to Roma considerable pressure in terms of what they are competing for what competitions they are in and such um, so this might be just like a nice level place for for him and and look he's like like Andy said he's 30 year old a lot of injuries as well um, I think his ceiling has likely been hit he's touched it um, and he doesn't really need to go any further, I think. It's like, turn up turn up and be great when you can. Yeah. <laughs> At Roma, yeah. and we will love you for it. Whereas I'm, I'm not sure that is the case. I think if he produces what he's producing at Roma, at, say, Inter, for example, is the example that David made, um, they're like, well, is that it? Maybe. Yeah. Mm. You, you know, you know I, I think it's, it's different because they're expected to, they're expected to win. Whereas Roma looked to him for leadership where he would be expected to fit into a winning culture everywhere else. The idea of him turning up in the Premier League, his, his body just wouldn't stand it's up to it. It's preposterous, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 18 months left on his contract then. So are we concluding that his, uh, his top flight career will end at Roma? Maybe. I mean, I, th I think... Just because another team shouldn't sign him doesn't mean another team won't sign him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him, obviously. Because I think you look at the ability and you think, but what if we could get him fit? 
that that's always the problem i think so as i said i think it would be a bad decision for i agree with david i think he's a perfect fit with roma if they get better and more robust players around him which is not given obviously with their financial restrictions but interestingly i think the way that they're moving towards a younger team you know so you look at the fact that you know they brought in Baldanzi for for example who I think he's there to basically take some of the physical pressure off Dybala so he doesn't have to play all the games. And maybe Baldanzi can develop into something. And if you get more willing runners about him, so we're looking more at Eduardo Boves than Renato Sanchez going going forward, I think. Mm-hmm. If you have a more athletic team around him, I think that helps him. But I think that you're, you're absolutely right, Don. There will be teams out there who think, oh, yeah, we've, we've just watched the highlights reel. He's one of the greatest. Let's get him. He'll be great for us. And, you know, your style, as David was saying, or your league, as I was saying, will break him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, this next question from Ian is a kind of whatever happened to the likely Union Berlin that we used to talk about all the time kind of question. Ian says, my brother-in-law is a huge Union Berlin fan. What's happened? I see that they're down in 14th this season. And after their Champions League success last season, how did they get to 14th? Well, we're talking a lot about ceilings today, aren't we? Um, This is another example of that, I think. Um, Their promotion in... 2019 was extraordinary in the first place coming up to the top flight for the first time that they uh, it's a testament to their organization that they've not been in relegation trouble until this point actually and again they're not like slap bang in in, in the middle of it they're not, they're not in serious danger i think we talked in the main show about how that 
that gap has developed between third bottom and the rest. They've just about got it together enough, particularly at home. Uh, uh, out of first today, they're very atmospheric, very unique. Well, stadium. you told us about that over and over again. Yeah, I'm going to tell you talk... about no, it again, no, again, again, again as well. But, but that's indicative of the amount that we used to talk about in Berlin. Yeah, but not it, this it is, it is. And I, th- I think if you look at their their home record, um, they've they've not lost at home since November. Now, um, they lost at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League, but that, that was at the Olympic Stadion and only to a last minute goal, I might, might underline as, as, as well. So I think their their home form is, is, is going to see them out of this. I think the way they adapted to the top flight was, was amazing and showed what a structurally sound club they, they were, despite the fact they're, they're a little unique and a little different. Having said that, moving from succeeding in the Bundesliga to having to deal with Champions League. Wow, that, that is a lot. I think especially for a club like that. And it's been hard. You look at the way they've had to adapt in terms of playing those Champions League games in the Olympia Stadion. And even though they sold out in double quick time, that was quite controversial. And a lot of fans felt that was a bit of an affront to the club and its, its, its personality. Um, then you've got actually playing those games. You've got the added expectation. You've got the fact that Bundesliga teams have worked out how they they play completely now, and the fact, David, that they've brought in players from a different bracket that they wouldn't have brought in before. So you think Robin Gosens turns up there, last game for Inter, Champions League final. Now all of a sudden he's in a, a relegation battle, as it turns out with Union Berlin. But even if it wasn't a relegation battle, it's an adapting for him. And it's adapting for the team as well. They're bringing Kevin Volland. They're bringing Luca Tussar, who partly due to injury has not really been that successful yet. And it, it feels as if they're not quite Union anymore. No, I think you see. I just think they've reverted to the mean. I think they had a wonder year. Mm. Incredible achievement what they did. No one's ever going to take that away from them or forget that. Um, they probably got the club in a better position moving forward for you know for years in terms of financial position. I just think they've reverted to the mean. Uh, they performed well, well above expectations last year, well above. Uh, one of the great stories, um, and, I, and I think it's as simple as that. Um, and I think also when your recruitment deviates to a um, a different style of player, a type of player as well, because you realise you want to try and keep up those expectations, it can have drawbacks. Um, as Andy's just stated, he stated those very drawbacks there. And I think they're just encountering that. Um, but yeah, they, they, I still think they'll be safe. Uh, mid-table finish is more than respectable for Onion. I guess the question is, what what is acceptable for them going forward? Because they've, yeah. they've, they've raised expectation to a ridiculous level since 2019. Like beyond the wildest dreams of, of, most, of, those, of, of most of those supporters, as the supporters' banners of... I've said this season, there was one banner at, uh, at Kopernik which said, um, you made dreams come true that we didn't even realise we had. It's almost, I think it's like a Brentford or a Brighton situation <laughs> in comparison. That's a good line, isn't yeah. it? That yeah. is such a good line. I, yeah. I might pass that one on to my missus to write a love song <laughs> you know, about me, obviously. Yeah, with I, Berlin from love. <laughs> with Eastern Berlin from love. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd compare it to a Brentford-Brighton situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just now they can focus on being a solid, stable Bundesliga club um, rather than yo-yo in between, between divisions. But crucially, Urs Fischer left in November mm-hmm. um, and he said that's when the fortunes changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, coincidental or not? Uh, no, they had to do something and it was 
you know, it's, it's always sad when a coach loses his job. But for them, it was so painful. Now, Nenad Bilitsa, the um, replacement, I don't know how long he will last for because earlier this year, for he, he got into that grapple, he basically attacked Leroy Zane, a Bayern on the, on, on the touchline, and the club seriously thought of, of binning him. But everything ran quite well when he wasn't there. So you look at Marie Louisetta on, on on the touchline and the, the the staff that they 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 have a, a, a pretty solid union people. So whether Bielitsa is there for the long term, I don't know. But it does feel when you look at the staff they have, when you look at the people who who, who run the club, you look at Oliver Runa, the, the sporting director. All of that feels that they have been able to withstand these really difficult moments. And like David, I think they'll be back on an even keel and, you know, challenging for the top eight next season. Well, talking about dreams you never knew you had, uh, Liam's question is, how much of a fairy tale story is Real Mallorca uh, reaching the Copa del Rey final? Yeah, it's a huge story. Um, I think it's uh, very much the you know the the cup version of what uh, Jolene are doing in the league. Um, Mallorca, look, their season in the league has been below average, I'd say, sitting sixteenth in the table. Um, but this was an astonishing triumph to be one of the league's best sides in Real Sociedad, uh, a Champions League side in Real Sociedad. Did they play them at the right time? Do you think? I think so. I really, really do. Not taking anything away from Mallorca and the achievement there it was, absolutely. Um, because Mallorca's had a lot of issues against them, for instance, uh, Captain Rayayo uh, out for months as well. Um, other players being out. Uh, they lost one, of, I'd say, their superstar player in, in Kang Lee. Lee. Um, so I think that's, you know, I think that's troubled them. But yeah, I mean, look, Javier Aguirre, their coach, one of the wiliest old foxes about very old school, likes his whiskey before bed. That's how he said he's going <laughs> to. Said how he's going to. They said they said to him on TV after how are you going to celebrate. He's like, I'm going to have a whiskey and then I'm going to bed. Brilliant stuff. But, yeah, but, um, but York has like changed a lot in the last couple of years. Like Son Mosh, the, the the stadium's been redeveloped a little bit. Like you were talking about Real Sociedad, they've kind of brought the stands in, particularly behind the goals, which I, I think will make a massive difference mm. to the atmosphere. So uh, Anoeta, Real Sociedad's stadium, they used to have a, a big running track that they never used. And they did major redevelopment. So now it's a bit more chocolate boxy and it's, it's affected the, the atmosphere there for yeah. the better big time. So I think that makes a difference. And people don't realise, I think, with Mallorca, that I, I, mean, I know you used to live in Mallorca, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, and they've, it's, it's a very particular culture there i went to in fact i didn't at the match that you'll be able to find somewhere in the in, in the stack archives about um i did the second leg of their playoff when they got promoted to the top flight they were two nil down against deportivo la coruña and came back and beat them three nil in the return at Mosh. and it's one of the, the most extraordinary atmospheres i've i've been in people are, are so passionate there aren't they oh they're remarkable about it. i think you know they've got a real edge about them and look Mallorca's had success in the past as well you know they were they were a real special club at one point in Spain you know you've got to remember it's where Samuel Eto'o made his name as well yeah. you know and they had success in Europe they had success in the cup as well um, 
and yeah, this is an incredible achievement because if you look at where they've been the past few years as well, and then especially look at a character like Abdon Prats, who has been with the club since they were in Segunda B, which is essentially the third tier of Spanish football. Yeah, he's there playing a key part um, for this team as well. You know, a team that that he loves, and he's uh, he's just one of these characters who um, who the, the the level of media training and 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 uh, what have you in in football is just insane these days. I think from the players, but he plays. He's just so passionate. He's so natural with everything that that he does and everything he says. And I just think, especially in the world of I think social media as well, a lot of players it's, uh, a counter are handled by little minions in offices and place <laughs> and he drops this tweet he drops this tweet which he said with tears down my face saying what happened a few hours ago and this was just after the game without being able to see the totality of the energy that you have to sp- you've spread to us where you are i'm going to rest for a few hours before i re- return to our wonderful island how lucky you are happy wednesday everyone and i just love the honesty That's amazing. of that it's just it's brilliant and it's missing sometimes so this is a great story yes it's called a nightcap by the way. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I know that was the word you were looking for. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. once called a nightcap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, is there any connection when the underdogs are um, performing beyond expectation? You, you mentioned Girona in respect to this. Mm. Is, there, is, there, is it a coincidence that underdogs are doing well in the league and in the cup? Um, I just think a few of the bigger clubs are um, focused on other things or are also in precarious positions. Um, and these clubs have taken advantage of that. Obviously, it's very, very difficult to, to win the league as well. So I always think in the Cup, a lot of these small teams put on big showings and, and, and can shock because other teams are so focused on either the league or the Champions League. Um, and, and Mallorca's gone through Girona as well to get to, mm-hmm. to get to this final as well. They've gone through Girona and Real Sociedad. It hasn't been any easy uh, path by any means. Um, so yeah, it, it can be. And like I say, they're 16th in the table. It's a nice welcome distraction from the league as well. Maybe life by the sea is just better for you. Of course it is. Uh, this is from Martin, staying with the life by the sea theme. Mm. How far do you think Benfica and Sporting can go in the Europa League this season? I think they can go very far, actually. I think we're looking at two very good teams there. Um, and, you know, you look at that league as well, what where they are. And it's interesting to see no major superstars, I'd say, at any of these uh, clubs now, at Porto, at Sport and at Benfica. You know, no natural Because they've sold them all. Superstar. <laughs> see, Angel Di Maria is too meek to put his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> one they can sell. You think he's got one, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, one yeah. last move in him. Um, and yeah, you can kind of see, and look, I always think when it comes to Europe as well, Portuguese clubs are unbelievably smart. Really, really smart the way that they approach games. And Miguel Arteta touched on this as well. And he was asked by a Portuguese journalist what he thinks um of Portuguese team uh, Portuguese players I think and uh, he said that they're very smart in how they approach games especially in Europe they're, they're very seasoned um and you, and you look at that Jose Mourinho influence I think in the, when he had his success with Porto and everything what happened with Portuguese football post that has been quite significant and, and I think they're just a, a real proposition when it comes to Europe so that's why I think they are they're going to be a really difficult uh, team to face um, sport in Auburn figure yeah, if I had to pick one, I think I would go for Sporting. I would as well. Even, yeah. even though they've arguably got the more difficult tie. Uh, they're playing at Atalanta in the last 16 in the Europa League and um, Benfica have got Rangers, which will be difficult in itself, of course. But I just feel with Benfica, we talked about Angel Di Maria there. Um, I think they've probably got an attacking player too many in that lineup. It's a little bit open. The, the fact that... Um, Di Maria is a must pick. 
but so is Hafa, who's going to leave at the mm. a, a, end of the season. Do you need two playmakers in a team? I mean, it's bloody great fun, but I'm not sure how much it helps you without the ball against good opposition. So that that is that is the concern I'd I'd have, even though Benfica have been much improved in recent weeks and you know, Rafa's numbers are unbelievable. But I think also uh, David Nenesh coming back and, and looking the part after a long time out injured is important for them. With sporting, not only do they have attacking depth, because you think for the last couple of weeks, Marcus Edwards hasn't always been starting because Trincao's come back and he's played very well. Victor Giocanez is probably the best player in Portugal at, mm. at, at the moment. But they just, and, and, you know, talking about craft, Pedro Gonçalves is, is obviously the one um, from midfield. But I just think their defence is better as well. I, I think you look at Gonzalo Inacio, you look at um, Sebastian Coates, who's had his difficult still moments around, sport, yeah, yeah. but still there, you yeah, know, with that beard yeah. covering up just how old he is. <laughs> I, I, I think if I was to pick one of them to have the edge, I would take sporting for the Portuguese title and sporting to go further in the Europa League. And this is, I think this is huge for Amarim as well, isn't it? You know, mm. I might imagine what a final appearance could do for his status. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? Seeing him like linked with the Liverpool job. I mean, yeah. to, to me, that feels like an enormous leap and you'd, you'd prefer Xabi Alonso, but you know, Amarim deserves to be talked about seriously in, in yes. linking with some very big jobs. And I can't resist this. Talking about the beard of Sebastian Coates, uh, you younger listeners may not remember the great uh, a English uh, player, Ralph Coates, who was somewhat... <laughs> 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 who was somewhat follically challenged. I got it out in the end. Anyway, um, any other teams, by the way, that we should be thinking about from over that side. Roma, good cup team. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hit yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hit the side again with Andy here, but and be boring, not pick somebody else. But uh, Rome for me, but Roma Brighton tie is going to be really interesting to see who goes through in that one, mm. and then whoever goes through that one, I think could you know have it be like, oh well, we could actually go find this. Bottom line is get Dybala in the oxygen tank. <laughs> 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 Leave him alone. This from George. Football in the Basque country seems to be in a golden era. Athletic and Real Sociedad are having great seasons and a lot of Europe's top coaches seem to come from there. What is so special about that region? It's just in the water in that region. that that Football is everything, is life. They've got a very special approach to it and how it, come, how it matters, the age that they start at, the teams that are all up there, the history they have, the number of players that are produced there um, and the longevity that people have in the Basque country as well in terms of how long they stay there. Look at some of the players mm. between Athletic and Real Sociedad right now, for example. This is not a, These aren't clubs that you have one good season at and then go and try and look for, for bigger things. You're happy to stay there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, you, you've got Munain and Arathabal, uh, both still at those clubs. They could have had bigger moves in the past, of course they had as well. And Nico Naki, Williams could have done yeah, gone yeah, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nico Williams could have gone there. And Naki Williams is still there. He's not been shot of off his eye. And there's, there's numerous others as well. You know, um, Inigo Martinez, when he left Real Sociedad, he didn't go leave Spain. He <laughs> he, he caught the train to Bilbao and went there so he was there in 20-30 minutes um, and it's interesting I was told by somebody who worked with one of the clubs I said sometimes the players look upon it um, as a bit of a goldfish ball but in a good way because life is so good for them there they're, they're big stars in the Basque country and that's what matters to them and they're happy with that and they don't they don't go oh I, I don't want to chance it in 
a London or a Milan or a Munich or, or whatever it may be, I'm quite happy being a, a big fish here in this this small, you know. For this, cultural reasons, historical I think, reasons? I, I think for a lot of... Political, every, 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 political I, think, I think everything plays into it. I think for cultural reasons as well. The Basque people, very close unit, very family-oriented, friends-oriented, I think a lot more than other regions of Spain. Um, people might disagree with that, of course, in, in other regions, but that, that's my take on it from being from being there. And I think there's just a, there's something special in the air, in the water there, that makes them feel very proud and loyal to their area that they want to stay there. Um, and it's fantastic as well to see all these these coaches come through together. Um, you know, we've we've got two. You got Mikel Arteta and uh, Antonio Rola both in the Premier League right now as well. Mm. You know, coming from the same region, both really exciting young coaches as well. The interesting thing to me is because Real Sociedad have always sort of been the little brother and they've always complained about Athletic who are always talking about the fact that we only sign Basque players and Real Sociedad's mm -hmm. point of view is, well, that's because you nick all of ours yeah. and of all the other the, the, all the other clubs in, in uh, the region. So, like, like, for example, if you go back to like 1989, they were the first club, Real Sociedad, to take a... Non, uh, take a non-Basque player. Do you know who that was? John Aldridge. Yeah, yeah, you go. So, <laughs> the, like, like, like the, what, what they what they did is at the time they would bring in foreigners, but they wouldn't bring in non-Basque Spaniards, and so it's a little bit more blurred the line. Whereas Athletic are always like to the world. Well, we only take Basque players. It's different for us. I mean, they have bent those rules they, they, a they, little bit. They have bent the borderlines a little bit. They, they, um, they have. So there's some interesting players yeah, who have come, come through and there used to be very strict rules on what that consists of, the rule and what have you, and they've stretched that a little bit. But I mean... I, Griezmann um, is a is a, a you know an interesting one you know Griezmann's somebody who could have actually played for Athletic because of where he was brought up um, in, in the French Basque country oh. and of course you know, can't forget the absolutely brilliant legendary Big Chante Lisa Rashu played for Athletic Bilbao but of course played for France. Oh, that was amazing when he because he he grew up obviously in the the the, the, Basque, the French Basque country and they asked him in his press conference when he signed for Athletic. How do you feel about being like the first foreign player? He's like, I'm not foreign. <laughs> I'm Basque. What, 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 are you, what are you talking about? But I think the interesting thing now is given the traditional roles of, of, of those clubs and the sort of Basque country hierarchy is the fact that now having sort of gone around the houses and looked at different ways to try and compete with Athletic, Real Sociedad now are a team full of youth products. And they are coached by a guy, Imanol, who actually I really struggle to imagine coaching another team, not just because of that connection in the Basque country, but basically he's a youth coach managing those youth products in the first exactly. team. Exactly. So, so he's been with a few of those players before at other, at other levels of that club. Look at Xabi Alonso. He's a Bayer Leverkusen now, of course. Famous Real Sociedad player. Where did he first start coaching? When he started coaching, where did he go? He was coaching Real Sociedad's B time. B team, and that's where he learned. You know, youth, youth football is a big part of this as well. Of there's course, a, there's a pathway to first teams, Athletic and Real Sociedad. If you're a young player in that region, you know you're going to have a lot of care, a lot of pathway there to the first team and get a chance to play. Of course, we're more concerned about where he's off to next. Yeah, and and well done, uh, Brassel University of Liverpool's Brassel for answering the question. Uh, correctly about John Aldridge. Very well done. <laughs> some, some people slip up there, so I just wanted to check. 
You did well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe the Northeast Kevin Richardson get, <laughs> didn't get a mention. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you said Northeast rather than Geordie. Well yeah. done. Uh, thank you for listening to Ask OTC. If you would like to ask a question, you can contact us at any time at Radio Dotson, at Andy Brassel, at David Jacker, or at OTC Pod. And you can email us OTC at footballramble.com. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.